Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, the 23rd of September, 2020. Are you ready for Jesus Christ to come back? Do you think that might happen in your lifetime? Do you think it might happen this year? Well, the bottom line that we see in scripture is we don't know when it is going to happen, but we must always be ready. And even eschatology, which that's the the big word for the study of the end times or the last things, the study of eschatology can often be confusing. It can be a difficult thing to study, and it's not made any easier that many Christians and even godly biblical scholars disagree on the subject and take uh, various views. But one thing that should always be crystal clear, no matter what the view is, is that the Bible again and again calls us to be ready, especially when you look at how Jesus talks about it. He consistently encourages people to watch, to be ready. And and that is what I want us to, to think about today, that we would be ready, that we wouldn't get lulled to sleep because that's going to be the temptation. I mean, Jesus ascended into heaven now just shy of, we think, 2,000 years ago. And uh, however long you have been alive, you know, the world kind of keeps moving on. I mean, this year's maybe the craziest thing you've ever experienced, but, it, you know, life keeps happening in the rhythms of life and the cycles of life are are there and they're normal. But what should we think about? We need to make sure that we don't get lulled to sleep by those things. And Jesus has been talking about eschatology, but he wraps it up today in Luke 21, 34 to 38. Luke 21, 34 to 38. And Jesus says, but watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all the things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. That we are meant to stay awake at all times. And now that's a that's a difficult thing to to think about because it's a constant state of of readiness, but at the same time we don't know when it's going to happen, so we can't wake up every day just planning. Well, Jesus is going to come back today. There's not just a sense of being ready, but a sense of waiting and maintaining that 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 we should live our lives ready and waiting for Christ to return. But, but that's difficult to do and because we do have things we have to do in this world. It would be foolish if, uh, you, you know, you decided, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to save any money to pay my rent or my mortgage next month because Jesus is coming back. No, no, that the Bible never calls us to think that way. I remember even once being challenged. I was a young intern at a church and, uh, I was there with a couple of the other interns and we were going through something in the Bible with one of the pastors who was trying to invest in us. And we were talking about the return of Christ. And one of the interns said, well, yeah, if I knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow, I'd be down on the street corner with a sign trying to tell everybody. And the pastor kind of challenged him and said, really? 
really? That's that. That's what that's what we would do. Um, and to to challenge if we really think Jesus is coming back. What about the things we should always be doing as a church? And shouldn't we be living every day like we're getting ready for, for Jesus to come back? And, and wouldn't we want Jesus want to find us being faithful at our jobs and in our homes and all of these things? So there is this, this tension that, that we, we have responsibilities in life to fulfill that we can't just neglect because, well, Jesus is coming back today. We don't know. But on the other hand, we can't let the cares of this life lull us in to sleep where we're just, you know, I'm going to work and I'm going to raise my family and then I'm going to retire and then I'm going to die. You, you know, we can't just count on all of those things because the unknown is, no, Jesus said he's coming back and he is coming back soon and I need to be ready. And, and I think that is, even from this text, probably the thing we need to guard against the most. I don't think for most people, our our problem is we drift too far into I'm neglecting uh, responsibilities that I should really be doing because I'm so caught up that Christ might return this week. I think our for most of us, our tendency is we kind of get we get lulled to sleep. You know, it's another year, uh, another day. We have responsibilities, and, and we do. We have to fulfill all those things, but we must be ready. We need to have the thought in our heads that, you know what? I might not live to a ripe old age because Jesus Christ might come back before that. That needs to be something at the forefront of our minds. And that doesn't mean that we should abandon how we go about some of the daily things we do our lives, but it should give us a different perspective and help us to think differently about those things. Our jobs are not everything. Our financial planning for the future is important and there's wisdom in that, but it's not everything. And we need to you know, hold everything in this life loosely because Jesus is coming back soon and eternity is where we should have our eyes fixed. So let these words from Jesus be a warning to us and let us, as he says, pray for strength, knowing that the Bible says, I think the world is going to get worse um, before Christ comes back and there will be trouble and there will be birth pangs and there will be all these different things. And that's another thing that we need to steal our minds and pray, God, make me strong so that even if before Jesus comes to get me, um, if things are getting more intense and more crazy on this world, that I would have strength to follow you. And it's interesting, we're reading this eschatological passage in Luke, while we're also reading what we uh, saw yesterday, many refer to as Isaiah's apocalypse. And we read today Isaiah 25 through 27. And as we look at that, we, we see some awesome uh, things talking about ultimately the, I think the final judgment. And we see some intense things, but we also see some encouraging things as well. Um, I, I love in chapter 25, when it says in verse seven, and he will swallow up on this mountain, the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations, he will swallow up death forever. 
and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. I love that picture of him swallowing up death. Think of, you know, I have young kids and sometimes you're trying to teach them to eat the food that you give them at dinner time. And, and you know, when, when something is left there and, and I think of Christ, you know, with our sins and with our dealings with death, he hasn't just left it there or swept it away off the table. No, he has taken it and swallowed it so that it is gone forever. And that's what he will do on that day. Death will be no more. What a great thing that is. But again, as we think about this idea of being ready and waiting, that comes in in the next verse, in verse nine, it will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. So we see there's a sense of we're waiting on God and we look at things that are problems in our lives and problems in the world and we wait knowing that God will come and fix those. And certainly we see this beautiful picture of salvation and goodness there. We also see a lot of judgment in this passage. You know, at the end of chapter 25, he's talking about, you know, the wicked and how they're going to be swinging in a, in a swimming in a dung heap. You know, he's talking about like literally spreading out their arms like a swimmer. Think of somebody, you know, in a big pile of manure trying to, you know, do the freestyle stroke, you know, that you would see swimmers doing. I mean, it's an intense picture of judgment as well, that the salvation of God's people will come against the backdrop, against God's judgment, against the wicked and the wickedness that is in the world. But again, we need to look to him and as we are constantly ready also to be waiting for him. And that'll lead to some good things. Look at chapter 26, verse three, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And then we see in verses eight and nine there in 26, in the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. So even our desire in this world is not just for our comfort and having a nice life. It's his name and renown. And then verse nine says, my soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you for when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. He's waiting for that day when wickedness will be cleared up. And we know that is going to happen. And that should even affect how we think about Psalm 109 verses 11 through 20. And we see here, David is lifting up those who are seemingly out to get him and praying for God to work. And I want us to take a broader view of that, that even this doesn't appear to be David with just a personal vendetta against somebody and somebody hurt his feelings and now he wants God to punish them. No, no he's he's really concerned about the wicked and the wicked um, that he is crying out for God to deal with. And we see that, you know, we see in verse 16 that he's talking about wicked people um, and verse 17, that love to curse and he's asking for God for curses to come on them. And let's remember that in light of what we see in these other passages, that God is going to come and judge the wicked. So there is a place for Christians to cry out to for justice, and that is God. And we can know that that is what he is going to do. 
And as we think about all these things and being constantly ready and waiting for Christ to come back and being patient as as we wait for him to, we're also encouraged by the end of Hebrews chapter 6, where we look at verses 13 through 20 today. And we see in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 20. Again, yesterday was a serious, sobering passage with a warning. Well, today, again, he's trying to encourage them. Uh, So remember, the point of that passage wasn't just to scare them. It was to encourage them. And he really brings that today that we are trusting in the promises of God. And he talks about how it is impossible for God to lie. And we are trusting in his promises. And it says in verse 19, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That as we need to be ready for Christ to come back and as we are waiting to come back, in the meantime, we have an anchor that will hold us together even when the storms of this world are raging. That we know God will keep his promises. God will be faithful to us. So we want to be ready as we wait for Christ to fulfill his promises and as we wait for him to come again. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.